Hey guys, as you can see, this is titled 10 Minute Philosophy. It's just a series I wanted to create where I briefly discuss some of the philosophies that I've been studying recently. Uh, today I wanted to talk about the nature of suffering, specifically Nietzsche's will to power and Schopenhauer's will to life. Now, today generally, I feel that people try to avoid suffering, especially when societies have grown quite epicurean, at least in developed countries such as the United States. We have everything that we need at our fingertips. If you're hungry, you probably live within 10 minutes of a grocery store. You can have those groceries delivered to your house if you want to. If you want to eat out, there's probably a restaurant or a fast food chain really close to where you live. And if you're too lazy to leave your house, you can just have it delivered to it through DoorDash or Uber Eats or Postmates. This also applies to things like human interaction. You don't even have to leave your house to have a conversation with someone. You can just go on the internet or social media or whatever and have a conversation with anybody anywhere in the world. Things have changed so much in the past 20 years technologically that human evolution hasn't really quite caught up. Now, the reason that I use this as an example to talk about people avoiding suffering is simply that when you have such easy access to these things that you desire, you become really used used to seeking desire. If you receive something easily like that, it's going to kind of mess with your brain in terms of your dopamine regulation, for example. When you think about all the different types of hyperstimuli that we have nowadays, whether it's video games or social media or even adult content online, right? These things are so harmful to our brains because we don't earn them. We don't have to do anything to receive them. They're just there. It's as easy as going on Google and typing in whatever website you want to look up. It's just like that. It's instant. So nowadays, people are more and more prone to seeking things that they desire constantly and never being satisfied when they get them. Now, this relates to Schopenhauer's will to life uh, quite well. Schopenhauer basically said that evolution-wise, Humans were always meant to be on edge, on guard. In the state of nature where you have predators or even rival human tribes, you have to constantly be focused on your surroundings. You have to constantly be prepared to fight or hunt or protect your family. Therefore, humans on a physical level and a mental level are always ready, always on edge, never quite comfortable. Now, to a certain degree, this evolutionary drive towards, towards being on edge was more or less satisfied through physical uh, exhortation, or for, through, physical, through use of your physical body, through physical extenuation, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, in hunter-gatherer societies, you'd probably come home super tired after hunting or going to battle against a rival human tribe, right? These, these evolutionary these evolutionary traits within us were more, more or less satisfied through physical extenuation. Uh, in one of my last podcasts with Alex, uh, where we talk about hyperstimuli and dopamine regulation, we also talked about the nature of employment and how jobs have gone from being more labor-intensive to sitting in an office from 9 to 5. And you'll often hear people say that the human body was not meant to sit down for 8 hours a day, and they're completely right. Uh, even with things such as even with events such as the agricultural revolution, farmers are still out there for hours using their bodies, doing physical labor. Therefore, even if it wasn't quite 
the way that we were formed evolution-wise in terms of needing to be on edge in a hunter-gatherer sense. You're still getting rid of that energy that's that's being pulled towards your evolutionary drive. You're still using that energy and getting rid of it by farming, for example. Uh, it's it's incredibly labor intensive, as I'm as I'm sure farmers would attest. Farmers today would definitely say so. The people, the kids I've known from from uh, farming backgrounds are all super yoked, super like you, you ever heard like the term corn fed, a corn fed person. Like they're strong. So even even with the agriculture revolution or the industrial revolution, even. Uh, working in a factory is labor intensive. It sort of fulfills that evolutionary drive to constantly be on edge, constantly be thinking about things. So through physical extenuation, you get rid of you get rid of a lot of that excess energy. And Schopenhauer talks about this this concept in regards to human desire. He talks about humans constantly being in two states: the state of desiring something and the state of boredom after acquiring the object of their desire. So you take, for example, maybe you want to buy a new uh, a new PC or just anything, a new car. Let's take a new car, for example. I actually got this example from uh, uh, from Stephen West uh, on Philosophize This Podcast, so I, I don't claim this is my own example. I got this from his podcast. He talks about buying a new car. You, you, know, you might be thinking about this new... Uh, Subaru WRX for for months, right? You're saving up money so you could buy it. And you finally buy it. And uh, for the first two weeks of owning it, you probably are having a really fun time. You're probably like you know, stoked to have it. But after that two weeks, after that month or a couple months, eventually you're going to kind of just get used to it. This is my car now. You're not really going to be thinking about, wow, look at this car I have. It just becomes a normal part of life. And this illustrates Schopenhauer's concept of the wolf life. The two states, wanting desiring something and the boredom after acquiring what you desire. Therefore, humans are never really satisfied, and humans will always inevitably suffer. Now, this relates to Nietzsche's will to life because uh, Nietzsche, when he was creating, sorry, Nietzsche's will to power, excuse me, he 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 uh, took a lot of inspiration from Schopenhauer and sort of built off of the concept of the will to life. Now, Schopenhauer would argue that there's really no way you're ever going to really be satisfied. He advocated for a life of aestheticism. Uh, he advocated a li- life of being what he would call a sage, being someone content with uh, seeking knowledge and sort of living a monk lifestyle where you're not desiring all these different physical things. You're just kind of trying to learn, like a monk, Right. And Nietzsche builds off of the concept of will to life with the will to power. Now, Nietzsche's will to power, instead of instead of kind of accepting that humans will always seek things and desire things and never be satisfied with them, he says that you should actually seek suffering, seek discomfort. And only through seeking discomfort and seeking suffering will you actually eventually be happy. And obviously, with all these philosophies that I discuss, I always say, take it with a grain of salt. Never fully accept the philosophy of someone as completely true, but like the Bruce Lee quote, accept, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Try to take inspiration from these things. And the inspiration that I take from Nietzsche's will to power is that we don't seek suffering enough today. We seek comfort. 
And like I said, with instant, all these different hyperstimuli, all these different ways of achieving instant gratification, we are so used to getting what we want just like that. And I think that as society gets more Epicurean, as we have more technological advancements that grant us more access to instant gratification, it will be incredibly imperative that we seek discomfort, that we seek suffering on our own volition. And that's where it gets into uh, what I was discussing regarding uh, the nature of jobs today, with a lot with a lot more jobs being not labor intensive, being working in an office, right, from nine to five, those sort of jobs aren't going to aren't going to lead to the kind of traditional or not traditional, but those sort of evolutionary human suffering that comes naturally. With labor intensive jobs, even if they aren't exactly what you might picture when you think of a hunter gatherer society, you're still uh, you're still extenuating yourself physically and getting rid of that excess energy that comes from our evolutionary drive. But with these nine to five jobs, when you're just sitting down all day, you're not getting rid of that excess energy. Uh, so you're you're comfortable essentially, and unless you seek discomfort, you seek suffering on your own time, you're not going to get it through your regular lifestyle, which is why it's important that if you don't have a labor-intensive job, and even if you do have a labor-intensive job, it's important that you work out, that you exercise in your free time. Because if you don't, then you're going to have all this excess energy that comes from our evolutionary drive to be on guard, on edge, focused on surviving. You're going to have all this excess energy and instead of using it for positive things like becoming healthier, it's just going to build up in your mind and cause a lot of dissatisfaction. With dopamine regulation, you don't want to just get dopamine like that. Uh, studies have shown the more dopamine that you receive instantly, the more numb you become to these, these uh, means of obtaining dopamine in the future. So, like, you ever notice that if you haven't played a video game for a long time and you it's been like a week for example you've been on vacation you come back the first hour of playing that video game is amazing right it feels great but then a few hours in or a few days into playing this game that you've been wanting to play for a long time it's just not as fun anymore and this is because we become used to the used to these things that we obtain dopamine from we become numb to them if you take humans how we were formed uh, originally we were meant to earn our dopamine. We were meant to work to achieve our dopamine. If, if uh, we wanted to eat, you had to hunt or you had to grow it yourself or you had to work so that you could buy it from the store. Now, it just, even though we are still working for these things, because we're not extenuating ourselves physically to earn these things, it just doesn't feel the same as it was meant to originally. So when we go back to Nietzsche's philosophy and the will to power, we need to seek suffering in our own lives. And that doesn't mean like stupid levels of suffering. It depends. Everyone has, has uh, different, different, uh, different, mean, different ways of, of sort of uh, experiencing this suffering. For some person, just running every day could be a good enough way to create balance uh, mentally so that they feel that they're suffering enough to earn their life. And I know I, the way I word it, it's a little bit strange, but essentially you have to earn things. You have to earn your dopamine. If you're not earning your dopamine, you're going to fuck up the whole balance in your brain. It's not going to feel natural. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel dissatisfied. And this is something that I think a lot of us struggle with. I certainly struggle with it a lot. I feel a lot happier on days that I work out. And that's why I've made it a goal of mine to work out uh, more frequently. I feel so much happier when I extenuate myself physically 
throughout the week. It just makes me a happier person. And that's because I'm fulfilling my evolutionary drive to extenuate myself physically, uh, to get rid of that excess energy that was meant to help me survive in the, the chaotic state of nature. And Nietzsche, um, although, you know, he may not be pointing to this specific point I'm making, it's definitely an aspect of his philosophy and his will to power, seeking discomfort, seeking suffering, as suffering being the only way that you can truly be happy or at least fulfilled in life. Uh, as I said in the podcast with Alex, he would tell his best friends and family, I wish suffering upon you. And that's because the only way that you can truly be happy and fulfilled is through seeking suffering on your own volition. Otherwise, you'll end up like the person in Schopenhauer's Will to Life, constantly seeking desire. And once you achieve that desire, just seeking something else afterwards. You finally buy that car you've been dreaming about for months, only to want a new car a few months later. And until you can be satisfied, that's why they say like, uh, a lot of times they'll say you have to be happy as a single person first before you can get in a relationship, right? Like you hear that a lot. And that's true because unless you're satisfied with yourself being a single person, you're not going to become happy from having a relationship. The same thing with like a new car or a new house. Unless you're happy with the house you have now or the car you have now, uh, barring any seriously bad houses, obviously if you have holes in your roof and stuff, you probably will be happy, happier in a better house. But you know, there's degrees to this, right? But it's like going back to the, I did a video on it, uh, Love Yours by J. Cole. Uh, there's always going to be a whip that's better than the one you got. Always going to be some clothes that are fresher than the ones you rock. Always going to be a bitch that's better out there on the tours. But you're never going to be, or you ain't ever going to be happy until you love yours. I'm surprised I got that right. I didn't even look it up before this. I just kind of thought about it. So, but that's essentially what it is, right? You have to be satisfied with what you have uh, to be to be happy when you acquire more. And that's Schopenhauer's will to life. You're never going to be happy always seeking more things to desire. Like Nietzsche says, you have to seek suffering because that's the only way you're going to be happy with what you have is if you feel like you truly earned it. That's why a lot of times it's not necessarily the most successful people that are the happiest. I think the most happy people are the ones that have found the balance between suffering and pleasure. You can't just have suffering in your life, obviously. Uh, people with terminal illnesses, for example, obviously that's horrible. It's, it's a terrible thing to go through. So you can't just suffer, right? You do need pleasure in your life, but too much pleasure without earning it through suffering, through physical extenuation, through putting in the work to receive it is not going to make you happy. You need to earn these things. You need to look into your life and and create a real balance uh, so that your dopamine is being regulated properly. So you're not getting too much dopamine too easily. And so that you're basically hacking your brain to work properly. Your brain's being hacked right now with modern technology to work the wrong way. You're not receiving dopamine the way you should be because of the way that modern technology is hacking our brain. I'm not talking about hacking in a conspiracy sort of way. It's not like it's a sort of subconscious hacking just because our brains evolutionary or evolution wise haven't caught up uh, to the technologies of our time. Our brains don't realize what's going on. When we see a movie or a video game, we think that's real. We think that's actually happening, our, like subconsciously. Our brain doesn't can't really delineate reality on a 
reality between a uh, fictional like fake thing that's going on in the TV or whatever. So it's hacking our means of obtaining dopamine. We need to hack it back through balance, through physical extenuation, through healthy lifestyle habits, working out, uh, not spending too much time on technology. And like, don't get me wrong, this is something that I suffer with as well. Whenever I talk to you guys about all these different things that I think that we need to improve on, it's often something that I suffer with as well. Uh, I suffer with being on technology too much. I suffer with playing too many video games. I suffer with with hyper stimuli, but I'm working every day to counter that. I'm working on creating better life, healthy lifestyle habits. Like I try to cook my own meals as often as I can. I try to work out every day. Even if it's like a rest day, I try to do some sort of active recovery thing. I'm doing things to combat the, the flaws in my lifestyle, but none of us are perfect. We're all on our journey. It's like I always say, seek perfection, knowing you'll never truly achieve it. The problem I think today with sort of improvement culture and you see all these different people on YouTube, all these different fitness gurus, gurus, for example, or the hustle culture guys or like the red pill community. I think the biggest issue that all these sort of self-improvement people have and the biggest issue with also the on the other side, the people who are very content, uh, I think they call them the blue pill community. I don't know. I'm not good with all the terminologies, but the issue with everyone, the ones who are too crazy on this side and too crazy on that side is that we have to realize that it's a process. Uh, you are not hypocritical by saying, I need to improve at this thing, even if you haven't succeeded in improving in that thing yet. It's kind of like with my growth mindset video, we're constantly growing. Some people will, will be very negative towards individuals who haven't quite met their goals yet. Like, People will be like, oh, well, look, you're weak. You know, uh, you're, just, you're just a slave to your desires. And you are potentially a slave to your desires. And potentially you are weak in that moment. But you shouldn't make people feel bad because they haven't quite met their goals yet. You should encourage them. You should try to help them out. And on the other hand, just because it's hard to, to achieve this sort of level of, um, like I said, we're never going to achieve perfection. But to achieve a high level of of success in any regard whether that's uh with your job or your physical health or your happiness or whatever right uh just because you're not there yet and just because it's difficult trying to reach that doesn't mean you shouldn't try doesn't mean you shouldn't start that journey so there's two sides of it there's the people who who will be overly judgmental about where you're at now and then there's the people on the other side which because of all the difficult things that you will need to do to achieve that success will say it's not worth it, right? So I think I've kind of gone on off on a little bit of a tangent and uh, this la these last five minutes have been a little bit all over the place. But I think what I'm getting at is just because you're not there yet doesn't mean that you're not on the right path. Just because you haven't achieved yet doesn't mean you're still not taking steps to make your life better. Don't put people down because they haven't achieved their goals yet. Don't pe put people down because maybe they're not physically fit yet. Try to help them if you are already in a position to help. If you're already pretty successful, then try to help the people that are less successful than you. And if you're at the very bottom, don't insult people. Don't like criticize people because they're trying and you're not. If you're not trying and you're just content with being like physically unfit with having a bad, unhealthy lifestyle, don't criticize people because they're trying to improve and make their lives better. So there's two sides of it. If you're already successful, 
Don't criticize the person who's not successful yet. Try to help them. And if you're really not successful, then don't criticize people because they're doing what you're too afraid to do. And I always say we have to be positive when you have to, we have to help each other. We're all human beings that are trying to achieve balance in our lives, that are trying to achieve fulfillment. If you're already successful, help those people who are less successful than you. If you're not successful yet, find inspiration and, and push yourself to the point that you can eventually become successful. Don't let your lack of success now uh, dissuade you or demotivate you from trying. All you have to do is try. That's what it is. It's like the man in the arena, right? You have to get in the arena. You have to get some skin in the game. You have to try. And going back to Schopenhauer and Nietzsche, Schopenhauer's will to life is what most people will go through. Constantly seeking things, but but after achieving them, not really having fulfillment, not really being happy. And then Nietzsche, who says, we should seek suffering. We should seek difficult things because only through doing difficult things and uncomfortable things can we truly achieve fulfillment and happiness. And he has gone off from what he originally was. Uh, Conor McGregor, for example, he used to be so inspirational and so motivational. And now he's kind of just a rich, uh, drunk asshole. Uh, I'd love to see him come back and change his lifestyle. But anyway, he had a really good quote once and he says, uh, I think it was something like along the lines of uh, become comfortable with the uncomfortable or something like that. And I love that quote. And I, I think that's what we should do. We should grow comfortable with uncomfortable situations. And going back to like the Dakota, for example, uh, the, like rule number one, accept everything just the way it is. Rather than wish for a life without suffering, look for the strength to suffer well and overcome it in the end. It's, it's a hallmark of Stoicism, of Taoism. Accept what happens. We can't control what happens to us through outside forces, but we can control is how we react to it. How, what we can control is our mental, our mental, how, how we are mentally when responding to these outside forces. Uh, so yeah, instead of seeking comfort, instead of constantly desiring things, seek discomfort, seek a certain level of suffering and earn your dopamine, earn your happiness. Uh, Test yourself. Seek things you wouldn't re you normally seek. Better yourself and help others. If if by some ungodly means you are the perfect person in the world, which you know is pretty much impossible unless you're like Jesus, right? Uh, help help the people who aren't perfect. You you will never be done with this journey. If you are the best student ever and you've transcended all the, you know. If you transcended everything, well, then you become the teacher. If you were the greatest player in NFL history or whatever, um, become the greatest coach in NFL history. There's always something we can do. If we've achieved pretty much everything that we could hope to achieve, then help other people achieve that too. There's always something we can do. And yeah, I, I, I would definitely like to go more deep into the actual philosophies of the will to power and Schopenhauer's will to life. I'm currently reading... Uh, books relating to these topics and there's a lot more actual philosophy behind it but i kind of just wanted to relate it to a, in a way that we can sort of apply to our normal lives and that everyone can kind of understand i hope this was somewhat helpful and i know this wasn't exactly exactly 10 minutes but 10 minute philosophy sounds a little bit better than like 20 minute philosophy one hour philosophy and uh, i couldn't really make a podcast episode this week because brandon's going to be doing some training uh, in east coast 
and uh, I don't have anyone else really that uh, was able to join in on the podcast. So I still wanted to make something. I know I released a video uh, re-recording the Dakota without music, which I think a lot of you wanted. So I, I still uploaded some things, but I still wanted to have some original things to upload this weekend because I actually will be going back to the field in a few days and I'm going to be gone for a little less than a week. So I'm going to be gone for a little bit. I'm going to be busy. So I won't be able to upload anything for a little bit. So I definitely wanted to make a video really quick before uh, before I headed out. But yeah, um, I hope you guys, I don't know, if you guys like this sort of more open-ended, non-scripted, uh, unedited video segments, then please let me know. If it's something you don't like, then I can move it to my other channel where it's more kind of random stuff. But, you know, I hope you enjoyed this. I, I like just talking without a script and kind of letting the ideas flow and thinking of things. A lot of times what happens is I want the first minute to sort of be somewhat scripted as like an introduction. So I'll do, I did like 20 takes before I finally did this one of like the first minute because I wanted it to kind of flow. Uh, uh, speaking of suffering, today's been really rainy. Um, the rain just subsided a little bit. I was taking Gimli. 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 Come here. Gimli. I was taking Gimli for a walk earlier today and it was pouring rain. There was like puddles everywhere and he hates the water. He hates baths. Uh, so he just hates the water in general. We were, we were going hiking uh, in December and he wouldn't, he wouldn't go into any of the creeks. He hates the water. Don't you, buddy? You hate the water. Hmm? Hey, what fur? So he doesn't like that. So he suffered a little bit too. He earned his comfort, didn't you, Gimli? As did I, hopefully. But yeah, just want to make this video. I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, if you guys like this more open-ended content, please let me know. I enjoy making it uh, because there's no editing that has to be done. I can kind of just focus on discussing things and the content of, of uh, the topics that I'm discussing. And I, I like that. So I hope you guys do too. But if you don't, I will happily move it to the other channel if this is not the kind of content you want to see here. Uh, I make these videos. Uh, I mean, I do make them partially for myself because it helps me learn when I have to kind of talk about it. But I also make it for you guys because I want to help out anyone who who might be able to learn from these. Even if it's just like one person, it makes me happy to know that there's some sort of impact going on there. But I do enjoy making these videos because it's just like when you have to talk about something or sort of like teach it, you just become better at, at understanding it. So gosh, I've, this was way longer than 10 minutes, definitely a little bit of a tangent, but that's whatever. I'm currently waiting on JP right now. I'm going to be going out a little bit, uh, maybe doing some karaoke. We'll see. So the night's not over for me yet, but yeah, hope all you guys are, are doing well. Uh, I know the holidays just ended recently, so a lot of you are probably back at school or back to work, so I know that can be tough. Uh, it's a little tough for me after relaxing for a few weeks. So I hope all, you, all of you are doing well. As always, if you want to reach out to me, hit me up on Discord. I got the link to the Discord server on the About page, and hopefully I can refine these 10-minute philosophy videos in the future. This was the first one, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably try to make it 10 minutes next time, maybe script it a little bit. Just not like not script it, but like have sort of clear bullet points so I'm not rambling on like I am now. I'm a bit of a rambler. It's like the undiagnosed ADD in me, but yeah. 
so yeah oh i hope you guys uh have uh, are having great great night or whatever time you're watching this great day and uh, as always this is the warrior philosopher building the foundations of the warrior philosophy i'll see you next time